Welcome to Tea Break with Vivian Cosimir. Vivian and her guests are here to help you empower yourself and open your mind to higher realizations. Now, here is Vivian. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our February podcast on collective exhaustion. My slogan, if coffee wakes you up, tea awakens you. I am Viviane Casimir, and I have the pleasure to be here with Roshni Sharma Fleming, founder of Still Fire Healing Inc., and also a holistic coach with the wonderful multidisciplinary approach. We all feel the same way. There is a sort of collective exhaustion, as Roshni phrases it, that cannot last for another decade because, as you know, our health and well-being are at stake. Our very foundations are being shaken up and we experience polarities and, in some cases, extreme emotions everywhere. As you know, in this podcast, we are always speaking from, or trying to speak from, a conscious angle meaning not from a blaming or victimizing angle, but a more empowering one. As many healers, scientists in epigenetics, and conscious coaches have said many times, we may not be able to change unfortunate circumstances in our personal lives or on a larger scale like in the world, but we have the power to change our way of reacting to them. I want here to quote Roshni who says, in our collective exhaustions, we can find collective healing. We must first begin with ourselves. So, the music you heard at the beginning was a Tibetan healing sound. We're going to play once in a while during the podcast as a test because we want to also bring some healing to our podcast this year. So, welcome to the podcast, Roshni. How are you? I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited to be here, Vivian. Thank you for hosting and being such a gracious, uh, gracious and beautiful host for our conversation today. <laughs> Good. You have your cup of tea? <laughs> I had my cup of tea and oh, my wonderful. cup of water, yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, uh, Roshni, can you share with us a few words about yourself and what brought you to what you do? I always ask that question to my guests because I must say, I discovered that it is so um, um, inspiring for people to see where people come from and how they have reached that level of vibration in their life. Yes, thank you very much. I am a uh, the first daughter of South Asian immigrants. I was born in Africa in 1973. And uh, we have that history behind us. I didn't stay in Africa very long, but we immigrated to Canada in 1973 as well. And um, being an immigrant daughter of South, South Asian uh, uh, parents, uh, had its challenges, and then also is a very grounding way for me to look at how I maneuver myself in the world. Um, what is very important is that I am a tapestry of South Asianness, but then I'm also a tapestry of humanness as well. Uh, yes. Wonderful. Um, and so I brought uh, I have a background in education, and so I, I studied to be a teacher, and uh, I studied for and wasn't teaching for twenty three years. Um, during the time of COVID, uh, which was a very dark time on the planet, uh, locally, internationally, as well, of course, is that I noticed uh, I was tired, I burnt out out of my teaching job. Um, although I love children and I love teaching, I felt that my gifts were somewhere else. During that time, I also felt very sick, very, very sick. And uh, 
the darkness that was experienced by me was my teacher. And what I came to realize was that I was being led uh, through the acceptance of the illness as well. Through that acceptance, I was able to teach myself how to heal. And those gifts that were, uh, were essentially dormant in my being were awakened. Uh, my ability to use energy healing, my ability to use essential oils, my ability to scaffold a holistic healing journey for my best and highest good. And it took me a while. It, take, uh, it took a lot of communication as well uh, with traditional practices. But during that time, I realized that the world is the way it is because of the darkness that it's experiencing. And we can rise above it. And we can rise above it by starting with ourselves. And so... Uh, I have gifts in Reiki, in EFT, angel card readings. I have, um, I love the idea of energy as a healing modality so that people can move beyond the density of the 3D plane and look towards a higher plane of wellness and, and well being. Wow. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. You know, with other guests last year, I was saying, oh, we should probably create an academy, a school of training humans for the, for the future of humanity. All humans should have this background of consciousness, healing modality, and, and yes. all of that. Yes, of that. I agree with you. And, you know, you're, when, we're all, when we're all engaged here on the planet, and Essentially, we still have to play in the matrix. We still have to work in the matrix, work with you know the tools of the matrix. However, that doesn't mean we are of the matrix either. Exactly. We can transcend that. We can transmute that into good. And when you are transmuting something into good, where do you start? You have to start with yourself. You have to start essentially with your heart. People have the exhaustion that we've spoken about the, the exhaustion is coming from the ego. Exactly. The exhaustion is coming from thinking, 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 and then that constant battle. This is not new knowledge. However, it's applicable today, that constant back and forth, mind, heart, mind, heart, mind, heart. No, you work from the essentials of your heart. If you can work from the essentials of your heart and you can heal your heart, you are yeah. able to use your heart as a compass for love and for your best and highest good. And that vibration ripples out, just like I know this conversation will ripple out into the universe. <laughs> this, <laughs> it will ripple out into goodness. Wow. And so that's, I believe that. That's, that's wonderful. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> I follow you. <laughs> <laughs> I follow you on that. No, absolutely. And we're going to dig a bit in that in a moment. But uh, yeah, speaking of um, uh, exhaustion, collective exhaustion, it's interesting because I I was doing some search on the internet. And by the way, the when you when we we spoke last time and you said there is a uh, collective exhaustion on the planet, I'm like boom. I'm like yes, I'm going to use it as a title of the podcast. Yes. And then yes. the funny thing, I went on the internet just to get a feel of what do people understand by that. And guess what? I found masterclasses, uh, courses about that. It's new. You know, I don't know if, if the listeners and you, uh, Roshni, are aware of this uh, nice uh, Buddhist um, sort of Buddhist um, podcast. It's called uh, Sounds True with Tammy. Wow. It's a wonderful woman. But anyway, she was advertising for uh, a podcast with a, a, a Buddhist healer and about that exhaustion. And I'm like, look at that. People are aware, are seeing it. So we have to address it. So in that sense, it's a perfect timing. Thank you. Thank you, Roshni. So with that, we said collective exhaustion now everywhere. 
how do you see it in your personal life with your friends, family, whatever, and in your professional life too? And what are your thoughts on that? So let's thank you for that question. So the idea of collective exhaustion for me, I am a, a light worker, a healer, an empath. So physic, the physicality of it is that you feel it because of the multitude of responsibilities. And I'm going to even specify it even more so. No offense against men, but women feel it. Women feel it more because because of the multiple hats that we wear, whether you're a mother or not, or a grandmother, an aunt, we are wearing multiple hats at any given time. We are also uh, stepping into uh, warrior energy sometimes, which requires another level of energetic transfer because of what's externally happening, happening around us. This is not sustainable. Warrior energy for a woman is requires extra something. And we have it. We have it. But that doesn't mean we need to stay there because then we're not honoring our divinity as women. And so how I see it in my space is very interesting. I When I go out and I can feel... I'm very sensitive to energies. I can feel the exhaustion if I have an appointment at the uh, at the local hospital or my doctor. I can feel it. And so when I feel that, I can use that environment not to deaden my energetic field. I can use that environment to, to transmute into a more lighter self. And how do I do that? I recognize that there is a density of uh, energy and emotion, and then I transmute that and connect to my higher self. And everyone has a higher self. Everyone has a higher self. You must, and I, I know you would agree, Vivian, and you can tell me if you don't, stillness. Ah. Stillness. Uh. Finding that zen wherever you are. You don't have to be... <clears throat> in meditation in order to be still. Mm -hmm. You can also be still in a doctor's office and still your mind. And what it is, it's very, and this is a, not a new phrase, mind over matter. If you're feeling that exhaustion and you're feeling that stress of the environment, you can make a conscious choice to feed the positive energy that is found within yourself. Well said. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a choice. Everything is a choice. You can either choose shadows or light. You can choose salt. Sometimes you choose pepper. Sometimes you choose um, uh, coffee. Sometimes you choose tea. I know you are a tea girl. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, I cheat sometimes. I go for coffee. So do I. No, I <laughs> so do I. <laughs> you know, no, but coffee is good too. And especially for women. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Exactly. I really like the way you, you um, approach this. We're going to talk about uh, tools for people in the, in the, in, in, in a while, in a moment, but um, yes. yeah, I, re I, I really agree with you. I feel exhaustions in, in, uh, in life, in society with my friends, family, or it, as a survival thing, <clears throat> you know, changes have happening have been happening on the planet for many, you know, I don't know, many decades and whatever. But it looks like, it seems like, I should say, that nowadays we feel it more. The human body is is more receptive. So when we speak, for example, even like scientists like Greg Braden, Nassim Aramein, you know, those astrophysicists talk about energy affecting the planet and therefore nature and the human body energy field. Nobody is surprised now to hear that from scientists because this is, as you explained earlier, a new consciousness and people are more receptive to this kind of terminology than 20 years ago. You know, they would say, oh, you're a bit uh, whatever. But nowadays yes. it becomes normal language and people understand yes. it. So, yeah, survival. People are so stressed, that. are so stressed because their foundation, as I said at the beginning, have been shaken up. So if if you don't have the same reference point anymore 
you feel lost. And if you feel lost, you are on a survival mode. You know, and uh, many scientists, uh, biologists say that we uh, deplete our kidneys and our our organs when we are on a survival mode. If it's five minutes, that's fine. But if it's a year, two years, three years, your health, your body's health is taking a toll, a toll on it. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, and so we're we taking are. in and we're taking in um, this uh, consciously or unconsciously the energy of this exhaustion, because as you and I have spoken earlier in a, in just different meetings, we are all one. Yeah, We are unity conscious. And whether you are aware of it or not, you are absorbing the energies of the planet in this way. You are absorbing that exhaustion. You are absorbing the tension that is happening around the world. And when you look at that, and you say, oh, you know what? You start to vacillate in your mind. Your brain is on overload. Your brain is in yeah. survival mode. Your body becomes a vessel for energies that are not belonging to you. Your body should be a vessel of light. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to Absolutely. cultivate that, that is the trick. How do you cultivate that light so that you are not depleted? Your adrenal glands are not depleted. Your thoughts are not depleted. How do you cultivate that light instead of absorbing everything that's around you consciously or Ex unconsciously? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that we see more and more, at least in Western countries, it's mental health issues. We see it. Uh, people are losing it, you know, for because of social, political wars happening everywhere. It's like this negative vibe, which is normal. I don't want to go too much in details about that, but just for people to also remember or remind themselves, I should say, that they are not the, f the, the source of that, you know, don't feel guilty. There's also, for any healing, as you know, uh, Roshni, in any healing, the, it's the darkness comes up. So that's the point. So we are facing a transition on, on, the, on the planet, not just politically, socially, but energetically. So the negativity is coming up and it's easy to deny it and try to hold on the old paradigm, the, uh, the old way of functioning. But you know what? This old way of functioning is collapsing. So we need to open our consciousness to evolve in a conscious and a loving way for humanity to survive in that sense. And, and you and I and I love that that you said the word love. That is the when we have there are 12 universal laws, we know these. And however, that one law of love is the most important and most underrated emotion, state of being that humans are sometimes escaping. Uh, Some people yeah. run from love because <laughs> it's so powerful. Yeah. Some people yeah. run from love because they believe they are not worthy of it. Everyone is worthy of it. Oh, love. say that again. That's very powerful. They are not worthy. Say that again that people uh, run from love because they believe they are not worthy of it. You are worthy of love. Oh, this is so important. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you're going to talk to uh, about that in the, in the other question I'm going to raise, but yeah. this is true because people, even if we know intellectually that we need to make the right choice of light, you know, like Marianne Williamson said, you don't beat up darkness with a baseball bat you expand the light in you you know but it's easy to say for people who have beliefs or strong resistance and they cannot let it go so that's another thing consciously people know i mean i should say intellectually mentally people know they have to let go but doing it it's something different and that's why i really want people to understand what we talk about in podcast, in my podcast, is nothing big like quantum physics, mathematic formula. 
It's simple. You have heard about it already. But the difference is now you have to become it. That's enough of knowing. Knowing is not enough. You have to do it all together for the collective healing. It's not just one or two. It's not limited to the guru. No, all of us. Yes, I agree with you. And I like that you said that it's not just up to one person or five people, but essentially when you are cultivating that essence of light and transmuting the ego and using the ego as a friend rather than a foe. And remember, the ego is there for helping us to survive. We yeah. are, we have, sometimes yeah. it gets a bad rap. Oh, ego, like, oh, he has a big ego or she has a big ego. There's, there's a reason why the ego is activated. The <laughs> ego is activated so somebody can survive their cir- circumstances. However, the ego doesn't like to find change. It kind of locks you, you in. And it fights you, helps you to believe that you are not worthy, helps you to think that you are not enough. However, once you start saying to the ego, you say, you know what? Namaste, ego. I know you're there. You're not, I'm not serving. You're not serving me today. I am serving me today, but yeah. through my heart space, not through you ego quiets down you can talk to the ego it's a very interesting place that's a funny way to say it. no but it's interesting the way you phrase it yeah i have here a quote from carl jung everybody knows the name jung so already at his time he was talking about that people will do anything no matter how absurd in order to avoid facing their own souls. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. The latter procedure, however, making the darkness comes up, is disagreeable and therefore not popular. Because we are all looking for quick fix. We want happiness right now. And um, we will have to go for for the break. But before and after the break, uh, 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 now we're going to talk about the tools, how you can give us tools to realign for our own healing to become collective healing. So before before the break, I just want to play that uh, Tibetan healing music a little bit for listeners. And here it is. You know, Roshni, it's interesting because that was only one minute. But when people hear one minute of silence, they are like, okay, I breathe in, I breathe out. Okay, that's one minute. No, a minute is long, actually. You know, it is, yes. it's, uh, yeah, no, exact. Yeah. So we're going to go for a short break. And after the break, we're going to delve, do we, do we say that in English, delve into self care with yes. Roshni. So stay tuned. Thank you. Set your goals higher and aim for a true transformation in your life. Do not settle for well-being. Be grounded, centered, and raise your consciousness for self-realization. Mayoku Techniques help you start your journey or deepen your practice on a one-to-one training. Check the website www.myokucenter.com 
and together let's make a difference now in your life. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Tea Break with Vivian Cosimir. We hope today's episode is making you feel empowered in many ways. Now, back to the show with Vivian. Okay, we are back with Roshni, and that was only 40 seconds. You know, many things can be done in 40 seconds. Let's not forget that. Good, so we are back with a discussion of how to turn to self-care for yourself and for others, because we have to be of service to humanity, but it starts always with oneself. So we have the chance to have Roshni, who's going to tell us more about that. Roshni, it's all yours. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Vivian. I, um, the idea of self-care, I want to preface that. And again, self-care is not selfish. Yes, this is a concept people uh, intermingle because your ego is going to be telling you, you don't need to do that. You don't need to rest. The ego plays with that. But if you just come to a a moment of stillness about self-care, what is it really about? It's about nurturing your body, your mind, your spirit, and your mental energy so that you are able to fully show up for yourself and then step forward to help others and to be of service to others. It's only then you can be of true service. If you are working from a self-care perspective that is fragmented, that's okay. No one's perfect. I myself, I don't work on my spirituality every day. But I can I know when I need to. And when you need to, that's where you start building the awareness around your self-care regime, your your routine. Build that awareness. What is it truly do I need at this moment in time? Is it it is as simple as a breath? Is it as simple as perhaps finishing your coffee so it doesn't get cold? I know mothers covet this. Finishing your coffee or tea so in a warm cup from start to finish instead of going back and forth. And I've done that. I'm not immune to these things because I'm in a rush. But then I feel it because I'm aware of what I'm missing. If you are building that awareness around your self-care routine, you will be more in tune to understand what your body might need. And everybody's body is different. This is the beauty of self-care. It is not a one-size-fits-all. It is not a one-size-fits-all. It is not watching someone do 55 Pilates wall push-ups because I can't do that. I I will not do that. (laughs) It's not me, but it might be for someone else. So your self-care routine is so, so important because it is tailored for you because there is only one Viviane Casimir on the planet. There is only one Roshni Sharma Fleming on the planet. Our routines surrounding our self-care are solely there to feed our soul. And if you start feeding it in the most positive way, you will see that you will come from a more grounded, authentic, and true place so that you can step forward in that way to help others. And that ripple is so, so important. Now, the simplicity of self-care, it is uh, it really boils down, what does my body need? It's love, right? What is it? It's love, your body, and you can give it to yourself. What is it? Is it watching me? What do I do? 
I, I go out for walks with my dog. I yoga. I do yoga. I meditate. I watch 80s movies. <laughs> 80s movies because it feeds me. Mm. I eat well. I don't eat a lot. I eat well. So if I'm hungry, I'm reducing sugar, for example. So these small little fine-tuned fine -tune tools not only can help you at one moment in time, but however, it can also evolve into something else. Like it might that. evolve into uh, going to the dojo and starting Taekwondo. It is essentially what truly your body needs. And one more self-care self tip, pausing, finding pause in your day. You don't need to quit what you're doing. You can pause. And this is where you find that stillness and start building again, going back to that awareness muscle, building that awareness around you as a cape, as a blanket, as a cozy little thing so that you can say, you know what? I feel good today. Um, and so these kind of tools are, are so simple. Um, but I think because people um, are in survival mode, the ego will try and block you or just the general energy of the day may block that. So what do you do? Pause. What do I need right now? That's good. Ask yourself those aware, awareness questions. Develop those questions. Talk kindly to yourself. What do I need right now? And essentially, it might come from, maybe that answer might come from within. It might come from a song. It might come from your spouse. It might come from a card that's come into the mailbox. The messages are there. Just be open, keep your mind open, and listen. Okay. That's good. There are things that you said that triggered something in me. The self-care, create your own modality. Don't follow something on the social media because it says everybody will be feeling blah, blah, blah. As Roshni said, it's so important to listen to your own body, really. And don't rush, as you explained very well, Roshni, don't rush. You will evolve in that. Even if you want to, to stay five minutes, as we say in Zen, start meditating five minutes. You have time. You do five, six cycles of breath, and that's five minutes of meditation. Start at the first level of awareness and and then you will build up because at five minutes even though your ego as you said <laughs> even your ego <clears throat> will try to distract you but those five minutes in stillness it's already five minutes of regeneration of your body and think of it seriously okay so beautiful all scientists will tell you the same thing the moment you look inside and you reconnect that's already creating a space of regeneration yes so yes absolutely the other thing is you said many things but the other thing is about <clears throat> knowing to take your space And that's true, women have a tendency to feel guilty, I need to take care of this, I need to take care of that, five minutes is too much. Hey, remember, if you take five minutes in stillness, you can modify, first of all, your own hormones in your brain, but you can modify your own vibration of your body. So when you vibrate at a different level, then the reality around you is different. So that five minutes is so important, really. Thank you for that, uh, Roshni. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The other thing is I've, uh, I've heard many uh, spiritual masters talk about the biggest disease on earth. And I found that so funny. It's mm. the feeling of separation. 
we are in oneness. But of course, we don't know because we are born. And when you are born, the ego kicks in, which is normal. This is the experience of the three dimensional reality. We have to have an yes. ego. But the ego is not negative. Huh? It makes you do things and create things and blah, 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 blah. But, um, but just to remember that in the three-dimensional reality, we feel alone. If I say I, it's me, Vivian, Casimir, it's not Roshni, I'm not going to say we. But as you said at the beginning, we are in this world, but not from this dimension. Okay, Our deep true self, essence, whatever you want to call it, it's outside time and space. Okay, It's multidimensional. So remember, you have it. Okay. Yeah, wonderful. Um, yeah. If there's a, a, anything you want to add about self-care? I think we um, tend to find it a complex thing because you're going to take so many steps all at once to find a self-care routine. That's like giving my son the car keys and say, go and drive. Yeah, we don't do that. That's overwhelming. The son, my son, will will crash the car. But what I have done is allow him to shift gears when I'm in the car with him, and so he learns parking reverse. How does that apply to self care? Small steps make a big difference. You can start with one self care routine that you absolutely enjoy. And that will fill you mind, body, and spirit. And you keep that. And you set that intention. Like a cup of tea. Right? If that brings you joy. And don't forget about that idea of joy. Joy doesn't, well, joy doesn't always have to be diamonds and, and fancy cars. Joy can be a cup of tea that's warm, sitting on your own and finishing that cup of tea from start to finish. Uh, One step. Yeah, I like it. The, the reference to the tea. Yeah, we have that in Zen, and we say become one with the tea. What does it mean? Exactly. That, that moment where, in the now, you know, that moment where everything falls into place, and you are just a mere observer from the core. Of yes, you know? so beautiful. That's, uh, that's you mentioned last time love. You know, it took me when I was much younger. It took me like a a long time to let go of my preconception of love. Again, it sounds like hippie, you know, bohemian love, love, peace and love. But love really is such a vibration, and a, I can. I will, I will use those words, but it's not exact state of mind. You know, it's a state of being. It's not just an emotion, a feeling you have for someone. Forget about that. That's a dimension of the ego. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong. But love is not a conditional. It's something that is beyond that. If you reach the core of yourself, love, you have love for the tree, love for the birds, love for... It's a, it's a gaze, it's a different gaze on things. And if you don't mind, if it's not too personal, to tell the listeners about your wonderful story with your son uh, for the food when you went to the restaurant. That's so much. You remember the, when you told me with I your do. husband, you went to the restaurant and, and the love in the food? Oh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because this is such a great, simple example, but it's so powerful. So being a, a, a complete person who believes in energy frequencies and intention and positive intention and bringing that into absolutely everything I do, that translates to my cooking. Cooking to me brings me a lot of joy. Um, I have three people in my family. Sometimes I cook for six because of my day. Um, 
but it's very healing for me. The spices that I use are very healing. And I, I am very grateful for my South Asian background. I use turmeric, um, masalas, uh, ginger, spice, everything nice in order to even bring out a, a lowly can of chickpeas. <laughs> Why do I do that? Because I'm able and everyone is able to intentionally put love into their food and present it as an offering of love to my family or to yourself even if you are not married you don't have to be married to make loving food right <laughs> so we go to restaurants and our restaurant our restaurants uh are when you're trying to accommodate children sometimes they're a little bit limited however my uh my two uh, men in my life my son and my husband uh, they order meals and feel completely empty after they finish their first meal. And this is a very true story. And then they order more. They order a second meal. Sometimes my, my husband orders a third meal. And I said, oh, are, you, are, are you okay? He says, well, I'm still hungry. And I said, yes, but you've had two meals already. Why do you need a third? He says, well, there's no love in the food. Uh like they feel it, they feel it, right? <laughs> so it's actually quite, it's quite funny, actually, but not so funny in the sense that love is felt. It's, it's a vibration. It's, it can be the love of a, with another person, of course. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you do find your soulmate and you okay. come together because you're meant to. You're meant to teach each other lessons. Nothing wrong with that. But then the love that people have can be shared either in food, in words, affirmation, yeah. self-care routines. And it's, it's not hard to do. You have to make time for it. Uh, Just a little bit of every day. A little bit. Yeah. And that's wonderful. It reminds me of, uh, as we say in English, the old grandma recipe, you know. Yes, our grandmothers would say that. Oh, I, yes. I cook that cake with love. And yeah, we underestimate the power of that vibration. And to a certain extent, we do say that the universe is just the vibration of love. You know, there you go. Yeah, That's so it's beautiful. Everywhere. It's like the matrix. So, to the question that uh, someone asked um, a spiritual master once, I was listening to something and the question was interesting and uh, it was like something like, I am paraphrasing, but something like, um, how come I don't feel it if it's the vibration of, of the universe and the matrix in everything we do? How come I don't feel it? And the master replied, it's because you don't listen to it. So beautiful. So be aware of that. You know, uh, we say, for example, this is emptiness. You know, I'm moving my arm in, in, in the void, in the emptiness. No, there's air. Air, it's a, it's a density. It's oxygen. It's other things in it. So it's not empty, you know. But you have to be aware of that. When we move in Qigong or whatever, we feel the air that we are moving. So the same thing, we are, we exist in a matrix of the universe of love, just resonate with it. Listen, be in stillness, as you said, Roshni, and try to connect with it. In that vibration, everything you do, you think, you, you act, you react to things will be from a higher vibration and not from your ego with anger, with resentment, with, uh, you know, uh, in that sense. Uh, I agree with you. Like you I love the way you phrased that, that it, you will always activate love and you will remember that you are so a source of love mm -hmm. if you take time to listen. Just listen. We are the whole universe is within, I, within ourselves. You cannot feel essentially lonely because the universe is within you. 
And if the universe is within you, love is within you too. Exactly. And yes, you have gone through your pain. Yes, you've had trauma. Yes, you've gone through um, different experiences. I'm not immune to that either. Hmm. But that doesn't mean you subscribe to it and color your life with those traumas, experiences. You don't need to do that. If you do it, it's fine. You can start to move and choose a different way. And it is starting with yourself, starting with stillness, starting to understand that you arrive from source and you will always have access to source. And source, I mean, if you you believe in God or it's nothing to do with that, it is you have to remember who you are. Fall in love with who you are. <laughs> yes. And okay. then be of service to others. Fall in love with who you are, wherever you are. Because you are, and I say this to my son, you are enough, you are accepted, and you are loved. Exactly. Fall in love with who you are and just yeah. give yourself that soul food. Mm. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, that reminds me of the fact that in that exhaustion we are in, the collective exhaustion, uh, people want happiness. And happiness, well, some spiritual masters make a distinction between happiness and joy. So let's not go there, but I do understand why they say that. But let's say happiness, because it's a common word we hear. I want to be happy in my life. But the same thing. You know, stillness is the beginning of meditation. If you are in stillness, you can stay in that state and continue to develop that vibration. Because happiness, the way we we understand it in commonly is, oh, finally, my project went through. I got the car of my dream or the house of my dream. But this is, as we say, you know, this is outside happiness. This is gonna, it's gonna disappear. It's not permanent. The true happiness is from within. So the true love is from within. When you reach that level, and I know it's easy to say, but this is the point. You have to find a modality that will help you reach that point. For me, it's meditation. For Roshni, it's yoga and meditation. Find something that will show you how to reach that thing because happiness from the inside you know the true um how do you say it the true um the blueprint or the true self yeah the true self let's put it that way is already happy is complete when you say i want to be happy it's not your true self saying i want to be happy it's your ego so remember you have you are complete already your true self is there. So if you reconnect with your true self, you will develop this inner joy, this inner wisdom, that inner whatever peacefulness. And that's what we want to move humanity to a different point, to move society out of exhaustion. Yes. And, And from there also, change can take place, right? If you are are somebody who is grounded and has done the work. And, you know, when we talk about doing the work, you have to do the work. (laughs) Happiness is not going to come from uh, your external environment. It never has and it never will. Exactly. Because once you start focusing on your inner self, your outer self, the outer environment starts to shift. This is not new knowledge, right? Exactly. You focus this, the outer, the outer environment, the outer world will start to shift, the exterior. Sometimes not in good ways and sometimes in good ways. But it is a part of that process of healing and it's a part of that process of understanding that coming home to yourself is one of the biggest responsibilities a human can do. Come oh. home to yourself. Be your best self. If that means you are, you're working out eight hours a day and you're doing what you need to do, then do that. 
But the biggest responsibility and part of being an adult, especially, is coming home to the most authentic version of yourself so that you can Ooh. be of service Perfect. to your family, yeah. to your, in, your friends, to your job. Say that again. Say that again. It's too nice. Oh, it's too nice. <laughs> <laughs> that the most important responsibility as an adult is to come home to yourself. Take responsibility for yourself. Stop blaming your external circumstances for distracting you and making you this and that. No, you have the utmost empowered skills you actually come home to yourself and stick up for yourself oh that's well said yes yeah, that's well said and there are some uh, dichotomies uh, that we have to stop you know and that's my next question uh, i'm sure you have some but i'm gonna throw a few it's like Love is not opposed to hate, that's the word of the ego. Love is opposed to, if we can say opposed, to fear. You will hear a lot of spiritual masters talk about that, you know. Love versus fear. Fear makes you really do things that the ego enjoys, <laughs> you know. And and uh, light and darkness this is funny because as i said marianne williamson uh, she has a new uh, master class called spiritual makeover and i love the introduction of it and she said that don't focus i mean focus let darkness come up you have no choice you know it's like when you go through detox with some program and oh, you yes. have side effects that are not nice maybe because the toxin are coming out so accept yes. the toxin don't give them power so same thing with darkness and light. We all have both. So yes. don't try to repress darkness. It's going to come out even stronger. Focus on the light and make it expand. And then the darkness dissipate. You know, that's so important. Yes. And I saw lately something about vitality. Now everywhere, you know, so people talk about vitality as opposed to illness. You see, we don't oppose illness to health we oppose vitality so what is vitality is that it's to make your inner life force strong enough to support your body and your mind okay excellent so the yes. same thing so dichotomies now start re rethinking them in a different way a more empowering way don't oppose things like that love hate no 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 love and no. fear if you are not in a space of love you are in a space of fight or flight mode fear yes. you know yes yes those are the only two emotions that exist really mm. is love and mm. fear everything all the darkness comes from ego but then uh, all the lightness comes from love that's interesting yeah if there's other concepts like that or uh, um, I would say, I mean, if you talk about uh, dark and light, we talk about um, the, this idea of male and female energies, mm -hmm. and everyone has these and um, is able to play with them, play with them if they have built that awareness muscle in the Gita, in um, in that the Bhagavad Gita. They talk about Ram and Sita. Okay. Okay. And they talk about dark and light. They talk about Shiv. They talk about Kali. These are all elements of dark and light. And the Gita has really beautiful mm. stories in, and especially love stories that yeah. play with these two energies. So why am I bringing that up? Is because if you are in balance and you are home, you have a balance of male and female energies that can be honored and can be nurtured. The male energy can be a darker energy at times. It can help a woman, however, come up into a survival warrior mode in order to move along with her life, just depending on the circumstances. And I know women personally who are 
have gone through that and who are in that warrior mode because they have no choice. We're not saying you have to be um, completely healed in order to um, understand how to balance. No, you have to start when we go back to self-care. Balance yourself. And those two, that dichotomy of divine masculine and divine feminine. The feminine energy is very receptive, right? Mm -hmm. You can cultivate that. You can cultivate her. The divine masculine is also very receptive, logical, um, looking towards what's the next best thing, building, um, playing with the light. But the trick right now is to find that balance. And that again is coming through energetic work, for example, through meditation, through also learning how to receive as a woman when traditionally perhaps you've not learned how to accept and receive things from others, that you have solely relied on your masculine energies in order to survive in the world. You don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. well said. Yeah, yeah. We say in a, in a Chinese martial art or Zen martial art, we, we say something like yin and yang are misunderstood. And that's something that I, I want to end with is yin and yang are like saying more or less. They don't mm-hmm. mean anything standing by themselves. It's relative. Like water, water can be in a form of ice, liquid, and gas, air, you know, vapor, I should say. So the the water as ice is yin, the water, the the, the water as liquid is yang. But then yes. if you compare the liquid and, and the vapor, the liquid is yin and the vapor is yang. Yes. So it's all relative. You don't have to stay with a binary mindset. Understand yes. that everything is relative and you have that those forces in you of yin yes. and yang. Yes. That's the beauty of being a human, right? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. are aware of how you're feeling. You are aware of what you might and the the most the most important thing is to reach for that so that you are essentially feeding what is you need and then you are trying to balance yourself and it is a dance it's not perfect sometimes you're gonna fall some even i go into warrior mode i'm like oh i'm so tired my adrenals are collapsing i don't know and and that's that's hard to go through but then how do you rebalance back and i go back to being responsible for coming home to yourself and you make that a priority every day yeah yeah and discipline oh my gosh we can talk for hours we will have to close I know soon I could. but the <laughs> I thing is you discipline you know because i i, I am in, I, I'm, I am a zen practitioner and I, anyway so people know me but when i hear people say i don't have your discipline vivian to meditate and i'm like oh my discipline has to be redefined you know discipline is not like a, a baseball bat i i am using on my head i have to meditate no discipline is a practice because i remind yes. myself why i decided to start meditation is to free myself to reconnect with the oneness to be free okay so in that sense the discipline is pushing you as a, a training pushing you to get there to get to that state of freedom, you know? And I like s- that. It, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, what scientists have said, neuroscience has shown is that uh, we have already a pattern, you know, neurons in the brain are already connected. When you learn something new or good or whatever, the, the pattern opens up and there's new connections with neurons, but those new connections are very fragile. So if you don't practice and practice, these new connections are going to split and go back to the old connection with neuron. So that's why discipline is important. When you establish something new and healing, practice it over and over because then you are installing a definite pattern in your brain. 
And and I wanted to say in terms of discipline that I'm very humble about my meditation journey. I was able to meditate for 30 seconds when I started. 30 seconds. That's all my brain could handle. 30 seconds. And so did I face my humanity in that time? Oh, yes, I did. I said, okay, this is enough. I need to go and do other things. But it's taking taken that daily practice. Daily practice. I had to teach my son to hang up his coat. It took me three months to teach him because he would just dump it in the foyer, right? And say, that's my stuff. Yeah. He, I said, no, it goes here. And it's repetition. It's practicing, showing where you need to stay or be. Where does the coat need to go? So it's the same thing. Where do you need to meditate? Go to that same spot. Exactly. How long do you need to meditate? It's not about the quantity either. Small steps make big differences. Exactly. Small steps. Exactly. Right? That's so important. Small steps regularly. It's it's what installs. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have four minutes left. <laughs> so um, I wanted to mention a few things, few quotes. People know I love quotes. That's one from Eckhart. I don't know if I pronounce his name correctly. Eckhart Tolle? 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 Oh, yeah, Eckhart Tolle, yeah. Eckhart Tolle, okay. If your mind carries a heavy burden of the past, you will experience more of the same. The past perpetuates itself through lack of presence. The quality of your consciousness at this moment is what shapes the future. So it's like what Dalai Lama said, to understand your present moment, what, what's in your life now, look at how you thought or behave in the past. If you want to understand the future, look at how your thoughts are in the present. Yes, so you absolutely. have the power to change each moment in your life. Absolutely. In that and I love that, yeah. that it's a, it's a choice that exactly. one makes. Exactly. And you make that choice in presence by being still. Yeah. That's exactly. where the magic is. That's exactly. where the magic is. I Not like in the word. past. Not in the not in the future. Mm -hmm. Now, exactly. I really like now. It. Yeah, exactly. So, any advice for the listeners before we wrap up? Yes, I I would like to definitely share. First of all, that I've thoroughly enjoyed my time with you, Vivian. You are, uh, you are. We are like two peas in a pod, and I absolutely <laughs> you give me soul food. So I think this podcast was definitely a self care oh, piece for wonderful. me. It definitely, that's how I feel. Um, so thank you for such a beautiful time. Um, advice: Let your shadows teach you, not destroy you. Let your shadows teach you. They should not destroy you. And if they start to destroy you, return home to yourself, please. Oh, that's You are so not your shadows. You are not your shadows. You are light. Get real with yourself. Make it really weird and get weird with yourself because you know what? In that weirdness, you will find your magic. Oh, wow. Roshni, that's so good. Oh, that's you. so good. Let's play that music, the Tibetan, just to absorb what you just said, and we will end. Sure. Oh, yeah, it's too beautiful. <laughs>
Ah, we have to close on that one. But uh, it was wonderful. Thank you so much, Roshni, for your time with us and a cup of tea. I am sure that listeners got a lot from our discussion and your great advice. So it's time to realign ourselves with our true nature and life mission. So we can find you, Roshni, at your website. Can you give us a website? Yes, my website is uh, www.stillfirehealing.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn and also um, Instagram. My Instagram handle is stillfirehealing888. Okay, good. We we had a little frozen thing on your screen, oh, it's but, but it's okay. And also, your website is on your bio of today's episode. Yes. So if you want to know more yes. and contact Roshni, please, please do so by checking on her bio of this uh, episode uh, on uh, the podcast. So to okay, listeners. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for you. Yeah. So to listeners, any questions or comments, please don't hesitate to drop us a line. I sincerely welcome your thoughts about today's subject or any other subject you would like us to address in this podcast. You can find us on many platforms uh, like Spotify, Apple, Turn to Nelm, <laughs> Google, and even more. So you know me, I am Viviane Casimir, Zen Mind Body Coach for Inner Peace and Self-Transformation with Miyoku. You can find me at the website www.miyokucenter.com, which is M-Y-O-K-U-C-E-N-T-E-R.com, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and uh, Instagram. So check also my bio on the podcast for more contact information. So to all, let's make this year a conscious year for everyone. Don't forget to subscribe to the show for great insights and contact with our guests and share the podcast with others to help move this world to a better place. So have a nice cup of tea and see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to this month's episode of Tea Break with Vivian Cosimir. Tune in next month for another new empowering episode. Until then, have a nice cup of tea and a clear mind.